Good day! Good day! Hello! Welcome back to Country Fried Horror. Welcome to the pod. Yeah, I'm Robbie. I'm Dakota. And today we're looking at The Black Phone. The Black Phone! Yes, this is our first new 2022 movie that we've done that didn't come out the week of or the week following. It came out before we um, started doing this podcast. Yeah. We're kind of doing a... Uh, lead up to Horror Nights. Yes. So that, yeah. <laughs> these are going to be, uh, we're going to have a few fun movies mm-hmm. that are IP houses at Halloween Horror Nights this year in Orlando. So. Yep. So that, this is the start of that. So today we're being, you're doing the Black Phone. On Wednesday, we're going to have a Horror Nights podcast that, so look forward to some Horror Nights stuff. And then on Friday, we're going to do Freaky because Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. Well, Freaky is also a house. Yeah, well, uh, it's with joined with this the one. Yeah. Black Phone, yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so this—if you're not going to Horror Nights, you can obviously still enjoy this. We're gonna, you know, go through the plot and review it. But for those who are, you know, looking forward to Horror Nights, this will yeah. freshen you up. This will make you excited for the event. It's like the few days as of today, as of the time you're listening to this, it's Horror Nights. Yeah, just no, in right? a few days oh away. God, I know it's crazy. Getting so close. Yeah, so Black Phone was uh, released in 2022 around July 4th. I think that's when we saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we saw it on July 4th, actually, on Independence Day for us USA Americans. Is that true? I think so. Yeah, I think we thought. Gosh. Mm-hmm. It, feels, I, it doesn't feel that long ago. I know, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was It was just about two months already. But yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem that long ago. But think about the amount of podcasts we've put out, how many movies have come out since yeah, then. You're yeah, you're totally right. It's been it a lot. It doesn't feel like it. Mm, not it's at weird. all. Time is weird. It really is. But it was one of a, it was a Blumhouse, Blumhouse movie, um, and was, <laughs> which was also released by Universal, so that's a, I love Universal movies, horror movies. Mm-hmm. We have, we have got to figure out what it's I called. Keep, Blumhouse, I, Blumhouse. I thought it was Blumhouse, but like now I've been watching videos and I've been hearing people say Blumhouse again, so I'm like, which one is it. I, well, I personally know. like Blumhouse. Well, that's better. what everyone's been saying from the beginning. So Blumhouse sounds weird. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think I'm just gonna keep saying Blumhouse yeah, yeah. until it becomes fact that it is Blumhouse. <laughs> yeah, because I mean? I've heard some call him Jason Blum. I've heard heard some call him Jason Bloom. So I'm. What with does you. Jason say? I don't know. I've never heard him say his name. I need to, I need to hear this man say <laughs> his name. Um, Jason. But uh, but it was directed by Scott Derrickson, who is one cool director yeah this dude directed uh deliver us from evil um sinister which is terrifying that's a freaking great movie good one yeah and he directed what was the other big one he did oh yeah the the exorcism of emily rose which was pretty good too yeah he's directed a bunch of good stuff also non-horror doctor strange the first one Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he directed the first Doctor Strange, which is so a great movie. Thought you were going to say the second one, in which case I was going to be like, mm. no. Well, he was supposed to direct the second one, but then he backed out for creative differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, after seeing the movie, after uh, yeah, it makes sense. It was yeah, kind his, of his horror movies are more uh, serious. Mm-hmm. Well, also with the way the I mean, Marvel's all connected, but lately it's especially connected. Mm-hmm. Like to have seen. You know, the second Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, you have had, I mean, you have to have seen WandaVision and all these other things. So I can see why, from a creative standpoint, he might not want to commit 
all his time to making someone else's story, you know, instead of just uh, when he could be making the black phone. Even though, this is a perfect segue, uh, this movie was technically based on the short story by Joe Hill. So he's still making a movie that um, is not his full creative control, but that's okay. Joe Hill. Mm -hmm. You know who that is? No. Stephen King's boy. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. I was yep. like, that sounds very familiar to me. Yeah, he's But Steve- then I was like, nah, I'm just thinking of Jonah Hill. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Joe Hill, Stephen King's son, which is pretty cool. He's um, he's had actually more movies based on his books than I thought. Like, he has had quite a few. Like, uh, it, let's see, going to his IMDb, Horns, which was the... I stand, we wanted to watch that We have not ever. seen that yet. No, with Daniel Radcliffe, that was based on one of his movies, or one of his books, uh, in the Tall Grass was based off of uh, a story that him and Steven worked on together. Nosferatu, the AMC show, that uh, was based on one of his books. Um, the Black Phone, uh, Lock and Key. So he's had actually a lot of movies and TV shows based on his work. Uh, this was just one of the... This was the newest one. Mm-hmm. But it was also... Uh, the screenplay was written by Scott himself and C. Robert Cargill, who also... Always works with um, with Scott, so he also did Sinister. He did. Uh, let's see, what else did he do? The first Doctor Strange. So he all, he's no stranger to working with um, with old Scott. What was that? What was that little chuckle you just did? Doctor Strange and then Stranger. I just it was a chuckle. <laughs> um, did I say Stranger? You said Doctor Strange, so he's done Stranger. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I don't think, I'm going to listen back to this and not know what I'm talking about. Uh, I, at this point, don't know what I'm talking about either. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, right off the bat, you and I both, when we saw Black Phone, were big fans. We liked it a lot. I think it, it right away became one of my uh, my favorite of the year, my favorite movie of the year, mm-hmm. um, when, when we saw it. And then Nope um, dethroned it. Yeah. Um, but I still, I, I think this movie is great. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, we we did not rewatch this one before we were going to, but just time, and we just wanted to just record the podcast. So I'm interested to see as we go through the plot what what our what, what our commentary is going to be. I was I will start by saying that I was very nervous for this movie because it was highly anticipated. Yeah, oh yeah. for me. Yeah, for um, sure. We got the trailer for this so early. I mean, well, the trailer it, came out. It was delayed like five or six times. It yeah. was delayed a lot. So like, and you you had heard you know hype buzz from mm-hmm. um, Sundance, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think it was South by Southwest. Maybe that was okay. one one of those festivals it premiered at. Yeah, it was um, very 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 a lot of hype. It's just that it was like you know a good going to be a good movie, mm-hmm. and so I was like, okay, uh, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Which, uh, oh, yeah. Scary movie. We haven't even got into that yeah, part yet. Totally, you know, the cast. Totally ready. Um, Definitely. And then the concept itself was so intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. It, it it feels, now knowing that it was based off of Joe Hill's short mm-hmm. story, it totally makes sense. It feels like it would have been a book yeah. or, um, a, a, or short a short story. story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I was just very excited for it. Uh, but that can go against... Mm-hmm. the movie for me because usually when I'm really excited for something it can let me down a lot right so I was very nervous sitting in the movie theater there was even certain points in the movie that I was like oh I don't know how this is gonna how I'm gonna feel about this at the end yeah by the end of it I really liked it so. that's interesting I'm interested to hear what what um what points in the movie you were kind of iffy on because I pretty much like was uh, enjoyed the whole ride mm-hmm. I, I loved it from from the beginning you know mm-hmm. yeah I thought it was cool so that'll be a fun thing to 
Discuss. To discuss, yes. But uh, speaking to the delays, I think this is just one of the ones that was COVID delayed and then it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back until it finally released. Yeah. Uh, but it was delayed so many times, the freaking two main actors, the two kids, both are grown adults now. <laughs> not That's really. Insane. Not really, but they look so much older. It's yeah. weird That's when that happens. That's what kids do, you know? Yeah. Grow up on you. Yeah, and like, but when it's that, I, it, it just reminds you. Things, kids. Right. It just reminds you how quickly kids do grow in like a year or two you know just based on from the movie to seeing them on like the red carpet it's like what the freak this is the same kids um but like you were saying ethan hawk is he was the main uh the grab for this movie you get it because they call him the grabber yeah that was pretty funny right yeah (laughs) but he obviously ethan hawk is amazing he's a legend he's uh was also was in scott derrickson's other movie um uh, sinister i almost lost that one uh, I'm surprised he didn't try to get old uh, Ethan for Doctor Strange. I feel like that actually would have been an interesting casting, if he had any say in that. Well, Ethan is in Moon Knight. Now, right. But I wonder if back then, though, that he was like, hmm. yeah. Wait, you know what? That's, actually, I say Who that. knows when the casting for each one of those was done? Very true. One, I'm Now I'm wondering, like, when did... I don't remember when Sinister came out. Doctor Strange came out in... Yeah, 2016. Sinister came out in 2012. Wow. I didn't realize Sinister was that old. Mm-hmm. So this was his first. But I think that's probably another reason he jumped ship from Marvel. Because I feel like just that alone right there. He did Sinister in 2012. And then he really... He did Delivers from Evil in 2014. Then Doctor Strange in 2016. And then he did something called Shadow Prowler. Which was a short. So from 2016 all the way until the Black Phone, he didn't have a movie. So I'm sure, like, that, just working with Marvel and that is just so, it's just a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, that's got to be a, a, a heavy time uh, constraint. How insane would it be, like, you know, Maya Hawk now has all these connections <laughs> right. to Marvel. Mm-hmm. Dad has, Dad is in Marvel. Dad mm-hmm. has a lot of friends at Marvel. Yeah. And I'm not saying that she's getting an easy ride because of her dad or anything. But Definitely I'm just not. saying how funny would it be if she went to D.C.? I know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That would be cool. That would be interesting because she's, you know. It'd be cool to see her in something like super R-rated, which is what DC is more doing that's now. That's true, yeah. And Marvel just can't mm-hmm. or hasn't put their foot forward with that yet, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who knows what they'll do with Deadpool. I know, right. Yeah, it would she, be funny to see her in something like that. I agree with that. Very she, Uma Thurman. You know, right. Like, Definitely. I, I agree. I, I like Maya Hawk a lot. I think she's a great actress. She has nothing to do with this podcast. But Sorry, still, guys. Well, she's connected to Ethan, so I think it fits. Yeah. It fits. It works. I'll, I'll allow it. Was it. We'll allow it. it was a segue. It was a segue. Well, you want to get into this plot? Back to Stranger Things. But I know, yeah, right? anyway, yeah. yeah, let's get into the plot. Yeah, Stranger Things, man. Still, horror, I'm sad it's not at Horror Nights this year, but hopefully soon. Hopefully, hopefully next year. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, we'll find we'll find out next year or the year after. We'll see. Yeah. But today, instead of us trying to come up with a plot off the top of our head, we are using the moviespoiler.com. So I'm interested to see how this one's going to, how we're going to, you know, flow. Shape up. Yeah. This, it says, note, this spoiler was submitted by Jeremy. Who's Jeremy? I don't know. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Jeremy. So, Denver, Colorado, 1978. Kids and parents are gathered for a Little League baseball game. Finney Blake, played by Mason Thames, with this kid. I mean, look... I mean, obviously the listener can't see this. But look how he looks like a lot older now. He does look a lot older. Yeah, and he looks he, like um, he looks like he's got to be in high school at least. Oh yeah. Well, he's 2007. Man, that's crazy. So he's what's that? Um, 
2007 to 2022 would be 15. So yeah, that's a he's in high school. Yeah, that's up. That's up there. But he is since he's young. <laughs> that's up there. <laughs> that old guy. Uh, since uh, he looked like he really doesn't hasn't done much else because he's 15. <laughs> yeah. And COVID happened when he was like 13. So yeah, I mean, imagine. But I imagine we're gonna see him in a lot more because he did a great job. Um, as did. His sister, so Finney Blake is pitching as his sister Gwen is chewing him on. His sister chewing him on. Yeah, that, that's that's what old Jeremy's language here. Chewing him on. I guess just chewing. Yeah, that's the word here. Chewing him on. I think that he meant to definitely say cheering, <laughs> not chewing. <laughs> Jeremy sounds Je- grotesque. Jeremy, you guys have explained it to you. <laughs> What's uh, going on, Jeremy? But Gwen was played by Madeline McGraw, and she was a standout. I mean, she did great in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, she and uh, to look at her IMDb, even though she's only a year younger, I mean, she looked, she felt much younger than him she in did. the movie. Well, at least a couple, yeah. Yeah, but she's been in a bunch of stuff. She's been. I mean, she's got a ton of uh, name like roles already. She was in American Sniper with uh, Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. We, we love Bradley Cooper here on this podcast. <laughs> uh, she she's done some voice roles. She played Bonnie in the uh, looks like Toy Story Four. She was Young Hope in Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, yeah, she, yeah. She was had a voice in Cars Three. A bunch of stuff here. She was in um, uh, the Mitchells and the Machines, that animated movie. That that one's pretty good. Uh, so but yeah, she's so she, been around town. She's been around, yeah. She has. She's on a show on Disney Plus right now called Secrets of Sulphur Springs. Bunch of stuff. So she's she's moving. She, but, and it makes sense because she she stole the show, in my opinion. She's very funny mm-hmm. in this movie. So let's summarize the summary. I don't want to steal Jeremy's direct words. Well, it's oh, okay. Why? Well, we gave him credit. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't. Okay. I just don't want to like plagiarize anybody. Okay, that's fine. Well, okay, so, uh, yeah, Finney's, they're playing baseball against this other team, and Finney uh, is able to strike out this kid, um, Bruce Yamada, who was played by Tristan Pravong, who, and uh, he got two two strikes on him, and Finney's, like, you know, looking over, and that there's that girl, and he's, like, you know, they're, they're giving eyes to each other, whatever, but the third, the third ball, the third uh, pitch, and Bruce hits it. Bam, baby. Bam. Hits it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. And, which, He's got this an arm, is, this guy. Yeah, he does have an arm. And that's exactly what Bruce says. He says, uh, what does he say? Your arm is mint or something yeah, like that? Yeah, your arm is mint. Yeah, he goes up. And I'm just like, what a good kid. Like, this could have been this rivalry because, you know, they're opposite teams. But Bruce was, you know, all around standout dude. Um, gave him, yeah, just he was not complimented a him. No. And... Remember, keep those words. Your arm is meant. They may or may not come back later. Yeah. Which. They will. <laughs> uh, Who so, are we fooling? I know, right? So then we get to see Bruce. We're following Bruce now as he's riding his bike down the street. The 70s. You know, there's some 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 70s music playing. And, uh, you know, there's some girls looking at him. And then in the background, or actually might have been around the corner uh, driving up front is a black van causing Bruce to stop in his tracks. Bit of foreshadowing here. Yep. And I remember, like, the, the, it just fades black, I'm pretty sure, which was interesting. For, yeah. yeah. Definitely um, a creepy vibe. It is a creepy vibe, which then they go right into the um, the the credits, which uh, are very sinister. Remember, it's, like, the, all the, like, the Super 8 footage or whatever, and mm-hmm. it's, like, it feels very, like, The like credits sinister. were, yeah, like... Mm-hmm. 
dark. I was. Mm. Like, this is one of the things that I was like, oh, uh-huh. I hope that I like this movie. Really, and I, I love, know. I love that because I, I, I love Sinister. I think it's a fantastic, terrifying movie. But there was, I, I do too. There was something just about the credits that I was like, hmm. I don't know. It's yeah, I was immediately like, uh-oh, we're back. Because he, again, Derrickson hadn't, you know... I, I saw Deliver Us from Evil in theaters. Uh, I don't remember at all. But Sinister is a huge standout. Um, so I was immediately like, yes. I'm glad that he's kind of... After Doctor Strange, it's nice to see him going back to, yeah. The roots. His roots, yes. So, do you remember what happens next? Uh, No. Jeremy does. <laughs> well, God for Jeremy. So anyway, so basically, uh, we, we we see that Finney and Gwen, uh, you know, live at home with their father, Jer- who, Jeremy Davies. Who Jeremy Davies? I didn't really know him, but listening to other podcasts, um, I, I've seen a you know, I'm familiar with a lot of his work. His face just didn't jump out. I mean, he's in freaking everything. He's in Twister. He was on the Flash TV show. Twister. Yeah, he's in um, just a bunch of different stuff. He's He's been... I'm trying to think what... There was one everybody kept mentioning. Apparently he was in Lost for two seasons. Really? Yeah, which we did not get to those two seasons, apparently. Okay, makes sense. Uh-huh. Makes sense. Uh, so anyway, so yeah. So this dude, Jeremy Davies, is their dad. And he's a real piece of work. He's an alcoholic. He's still mourning... Uh, the the loss of his wife and the kids' parents or kid, the kids' parents the kids' mom doesn't he like beat the crap out of a little girl yeah and we learn I don't not is it right here uh, basically the mom we learn killed herself which is extremely dark yeah yeah and uh, so I could definitely see how he would be um, an alcoholic why is it always the mom <laughs> it is always the mom like that's just the thing in movies they're like oh we don't need a mom yeah yeah no. it'll make it more dynamic and heartbreaking if we just don't have one oh uh, yeah. But as the kids are walking to school, they end up seeing um, some, you know, some kids bullying Robin. Robin, who is played by Miguel Cazaraz Mora. And I know I butchered that middle name. But then this dude gets up and starts kicking the bullies' ass, mm-hmm. asses. Like, destroying them. Like, punching them in the face. Yeah. A lot. Pretty brutally. Pretty brutally. And I was like, right on. <laughs> What a good friend to have. Yeah, what a freaking, what a good friend to have. You're not even wrong. Uh, Finney and Gwen keep walking, as, you know, after they watch <laughs> Robin destroy this bully. Uh, and Gwen uh, mentions the local kidnapper known as the Grabber. Um, and they, you know, she starts mentioning because they learn that Bruce went missing. So Bruce is on flyers and he's gone and she's like, must have been the Grabber. And they kind of have a back and forth about giving him th- that nickname and Finney's like no I- I'd-, I'd rather you not say that name I don't even want it here I don't like talking about the grabber like he's mm-hmm. almost like superstitious about even mentioning the mm-hmm. grabber yeah uh, and then so Finney goes into the bathroom and three bullies follow him in start calling him names and then Robin enters <laughs> and Robin's like washing his- the blood off his hands and he's like hey Finney you know how you doing and all this stuff and he's and the like, bullies are automatically like oh I'm not messing with Finney anymore yeah Robin's crazy bro. Robin's crazy bro Robin will beat our ass because the, the kid he beat up was the big that was like the big fish that he beat up so all the little bullies are like oh crap ooh Robin we gotta back off uh, Robin so, is the bully of the bullies yeah and then <laughs> this is where Rob, uh, Robin tells Finney to basically uh, start you gotta start standing up for yourself there's gonna be a day where you have to stand up for yourself mm-hmm. keep that in your head remember those things remember those things yeah 
You remember those things? I do. That's good. <laughs> uh, so then the, some uh, detectives come to the school to pull Gwen into their office. And it's like, what, what, what could Gwen have to do with whatever's going on? And uh, Gwen claims that she had dreams uh, relating to the missing, missing children taken by the grabber. So basically, they're just kind of like, this little girl crazy. <laughs> yeah, she, this chick is insane. Uh, but she can't explain the meaning behind the dream. She doesn't know. They're kind of convinced that she has some kind of inside information, you know, that, that but, you know, she doesn't. She mm-hmm. just is having dreams. Uh, this is where the next day they wake up to Gwen. It's not Gwen. Dad beating the hell out of Gwen. Mm-hmm. This was hard to watch. Like it was. He, yeah, he's beating the the hell out of this kid. And she's like boohooing. Like, that, it went on for a little long, in my opinion. Was it with a belt? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, because he's not, like, punching her in the no, face. No, no, But no. he is, you know, yeah, whooping that ass. And, he, he's, and his thought process is it's because he told, you know, because Gwen told the police that um, she was having these dreams. So that, so that he's just kind of like, you know, what are you doing? Like, why are you, you know, what are you doing? Like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Now they're coming and talking to me at work. And that doesn't look good, and this is the same. This ain't good. Um, yeah, and then yeah, he's an ass. Yeah, he is an ass, and she's, I mean, screaming. And basically, we learn this is where we kind of learn that apparently her mom had similar dreams, and she believed that they were like premonitions. So he's just kind of like, you know, she killed herself, and it, it makes sense why he'd be like, you saying you, quit you that. yeah, you saying you're also having these premonition quote unquote dreams like I don't, I don't like it I don't like this stuff mm-hmm. and uh, Finney just kind of like walks in and just watches he doesn't he's not standing up for himself or you know standing up for his sister at this point in time uh, and then we kind of he wants to though he oh like, yeah he definitely wants to that just makes it sound like he doesn't care oh yeah right well he's scared he cares yeah. he's just not at the point where he can. He can't stand up to himself with bullies. No. He can't stand up to his dad. It's completely understandable. I mean, for, for someone who... He's supposed to step up and be her Robin. Right. And he can't do he it. He can't do it, yeah. Which I think, though, in this situation, I mean, I completely understand. I mean, you and I have had this conversation so many times. I mean, no, no one likes confrontation. I mean, neither of us do. But you are much quicker to... You'd be you'd stand up for her immediately. I would be Finny in this situation. You're Robin, I'm Finny. That's what I'm trying to say. How sweet. Well, and it's like you, I, you would be more willing to step up immediately. Where I'm more like, I don't like confrontation. It makes me very uncomfortable. I've gotten better over the years with being able to confront situations. But... I, I don't like it. <laughs> and again, you don't either. I grew up I grew up with all boys and yeah. I was always like, you know what? I'm just settled in the idea of having my ass kicked or kicking ass. It's yeah. gonna be one of one of the two of us. So yeah. <laughs> let's somebody's just do getting it. their ass ripped. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh then we I remember this scene in the movie feeling abrupt, but it's fine. It works with the with the rest of the movie. But we just kinda jumped to Robin riding his bike. I don't think he was riding his bike. I feel like he was just like walking behind a mall he, or something, right? He was well, I think he was walking his bike. Like he's walking right. beside the bike. Cuz I remember seeing like a dumpster. I'm like, what alleyway is this kid in? Like, what what are you doing here? And then he turns the corner and the grabbers waiting for him holding the black uh, balloons uh which was of holding black balloons beside his van and like he's just in the background. He's faded. Robin kind of stops and then it fades to black again, just like yeah. it did for Bruce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is like ooh. Dun, dun, dun. And these scenes, both times with Bruce and with Robin, I remember it just was eerily silent. Like, it's just like, oof, spooky. 
Uh, so parents around the neighborhood are informed about Robin's disappearance. Uh, so then the bullies now go to Finney and they're like, uh oh, Robin's gone and just like freaking beat his ass. And it's like, it's like, yeah, his best friend is gone, bro. Yeah. And like, really? And yeah. And this kid, two kids now are missing. That, that's are just that we have seen. We know that there's other kids that have gone missing as well, but like, he's just, they're beating the shit. And then Gwen steps in to defend him. Gwen is willing to jump up. She's. At, she's fiery. She's like you. you I think know. maybe girls are just naturally a little bit more feisty. Right. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, seeing the way... Because I do remember, even when she's getting beaten by her dad, uh, getting whooped, um, she, I, there's a part where she... I think she picks up one of his liquor bottles or something. She's gonna. She's trying to throw down, but he's bigger and he's her dad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she, she intervenes and also... Um, Gets kicked. Starts get, they start beating her up, too. And we didn't even mention that. She's, it happens. She's like two years... I mean, in real life, they're a year apart. But I feel like in the movie, they're more than that. They're mm-hmm. Yeah, the gap is, is younger. But she gets some, some, some hits in. Um, so they keep on... So then we go to the a science... Like I think they're in science class. And Finney we, is paired up with... Uh, this crush, which we saw at the baseball game, you know, given eyes, Donna, played by Rebecca Clark, and uh, she offers her symphony, uh, symphonies, sympathies uh, for his beating, and he's uh, nervous, he's still not, like, he's just not super confident. You the know? swell of a thousand violins. The swell. <laughs> symphonies. symphonies. I mean, that works, right? That works. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, as the, the siblings are... Uh, walking home, Gwen is like going to her friend's house. Yeah, she's like, I'll see you later. Yeah, so they they go off, and then he. This is where, and we saw this before too. I think this happened before as well. The yeah, that's what it was. The night before, um, she's beaten. She goes off as well. So this is something she does. She goes over to stay with her friend. But today is a different day, because while Finney's walking home by himself. The black van approaches, mm-hmm. and a man falls out of the trunk or something, and like just spills his groceries. And we don't see his face; you just kind of see parts of his face. And he's wearing—you can see—he has some kind of creepy makeup on, and he's wearing a top hat. And he's asking Finny, like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Can you help me? This, this, this." And uh, and Finny's like, "Yeah." And his voice is high, and like mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke, bro. I, I, this dude, even when he, even when he creepy. Um, he's, he, even when he creepy, sorry, we had a little ding in the room and it distracted my little, uh, my ADHD brain. <laughs> um, but, uh, I lost my train of thought. Anyway, but. Even when he's creepy, even he's when so he's good. creepy, he's so good. There yeah, we go. There you, you, go. go. <laughs> you got me. You got me there. Um, and then he, he tells, um, uh, Finny that he's a part-time magician. <laughs> like, you want to see a trick? <laughs> That's when Finny sees the black balloons in his trunk. He's like. Are those black balloons? And then uh, he does. Does he doesn't he like start to get in the trunk? Or all I know is the grabber freaking grabs him, and we get this like shot right on his face of the grabber like spraying this stiff stiff <laughs> stuff right in his face and knocks him out. Yeah, yeah, spooky. This was intense. This was intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a definitely. This was definitely creepy. Uh, and then we get Gwen who learns. She's at school, and she finds out that Finny is missing. Yeah. Yeah. Which absolutely is brutal. Absolutely brutal. Um, or I don't think she was at school, but she she just finds out. And this is... Uh, then the grabber brings Finny to his basement, 
and keeps him prisoner. And this is pretty much, besides some scenes with Gwen and maybe the cops outside of the basement, this is pretty much where we are for the bulk of the movie is this one um, yeah. this one setting. This is where I started to like the movie more. Mm-hmm. Um, because before this, I thought like some of the acting was like a little exaggerated for certain characters. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember which characters. Okay, yeah. Um, That's, yeah. Because it's been a couple months since we've seen the movie, but mm-hmm. I just remember certain, like some of the kid actors, and I think maybe the dad. I thought was a little, like a over, little, the a little over the top. Yeah, um, you're not wrong. I remember thinking that as well. It was definitely more exaggerated, and you you get that with child actors. And I think, like you said, with the dad as well, he was playing the over the top alcoholic, mm-hmm. you know, very almost stereotypical dad. You know, there was like such a drab um, tone to the movie. Yeah. Like, the lighting, everything is so drab. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then there's this exaggerated acting, and I think it just maybe threw me off. Yeah, that's fair. And I was thinking, "Uh uh-oh, I might not like it. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember feeling that way as well, especially coming off of Sinister, which is just 90% Ethan Hawke just, you know, reacting to the tapes and everything. This movie, there was... There, there wasn't a lot of opportunity in that movie to be exaggerated. So I do agree that there was some of that. But um, I think that it... it well, and we'll get to it when we get to that part. But there's a heart to this movie that... It's just... It's a, it's weird. It's hard to... It's weirdly... It's weird to describe it as yes. feel good. But it is feel good. By the end, yeah. By the end, that's yeah. The, that's the thing is there's this over-exaggeration. Mm-hmm. But by the... And that you're thinking in the first half. Right. Oh, that's killing the movie for me. Like the act by the one. end of it, you're like, oh, that mm-hmm. made the movie for me. Yeah, right. Because it's like it all comes back. It does. Yeah, it does. Uh, so the grabber taunts Finney. It basically throws him in this room, and it's just like this pretty much just cement blocked room with there's one window, there's the stairwell, there's the bathroom, and then there's just a mattress on the floor, pretty mm-hmm. much. And he, you know, real creepy vibes. Real guys. creepy. This yeah, is I, real creepy vibes. Yeah. I hope none of us. <laughs> None of us ever see this kind of a yeah. room, you know what I'm saying? And the grabber has on just this mask. And I the mask changes throughout the movie. I don't remember exactly how it was in the opening. Was it smile? Do you remember what what it was at first? Yeah, I think it was the smile. Yeah, was it the and smile? His, his voice was real high pitched. It was real high pitched, yeah. And basically tells him that he's special and he like hears the phone ring. Not it, the grabber does. Ethan Hawk hears the phone ring. Finney doesn't hear it. And there's like, like this the black phone is on the wall. And he's just like ignoring it or something and as uh, just says basically that um just says that it's disconnected, but sometimes he hears it ring. But Finney doesn't. It was just weird. Um, but then later on, when Finney's by himself, he does hear the phone ring. And he, he gets up to hear it, and it's Bruce who here, you know, basically says, tells him that his arm is mint and, uh, and all that stuff. And Bruce doesn't remember his own name, though. And he says something like, this is uh, the first thing that goes, you know, when you die, pretty much, is you forget your name. You know, so he's, so this is a, uh, oh, oof, my God. it's really dark, yeah, and really, really dark, and he doesn't remember his name, and uh, Bruce basically gives Finney a tip, tip about this uh, space in the floor where he can move a tile and begin digging. So he had started, Bruce, when he was in the, the cellar, moved a, uh, one of the, the floorboards and just had started digging, and he was telling him it's loose, I think you can 
get out, you know, mm-hmm. is basically what he says. And that's where Finney begins, uh, spends his time digging and flushing the dirt down the toilet. So this is our first phone call from Bruce. And uh, that's just, then you kind of realize, okay, so this movie is going to be the ghost children calling him and giving him tips. This is our first look at this movie as more of a supernatural movie. Yeah. Aside from Gwen having these weird premonitions. Mm-hmm. And, and all the while, he's just, you know, and also trying just to survive the grabber. Because at this point, we don't know what the grabber's intentions are. Like, what does he want? Yeah, we obviously like, know obviously, he's killing these kids, but that's Well, it. and in your mind, you're thinking, is he raping children? I know, right? Which because, we, like, yeah. he's throwing him into a room with just a bed. Yeah. Like, it's just weird. And, like, his mask... Weird changes yeah and we'll get to that yeah we will get to that uh gwen has a dream where he she sees a flashback of bruce's life from childhood and his developing interest in baseball which is also very terrifying uh and let's see mr blake which is one of the police officers talks to her saying that her mother would talk about having dreams that are visions like gwen does okay so uh sorry not not the police officer their dad tells her basically uh you know um he basically just tells her he doesn't want her to he doesn't want her to believe in these dreams because he's afraid, you know, we've already talked about that, but he doesn't want her to be, feel like she's crazy like their mom did, who mm-hmm. ultimately killed herself. Uh, he looks at it more as a, a mental health strain than an actual gift. Yeah. Yeah. Which Gwen is looking at it as a gift. I mean, now her brother's gone, so she's like, I, I need this. I don't think that her dad believes that it's real. No. I think no. that he does think that mental she's health like schizophrenic or right. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's what led to her mother killing herself. Not that everybody just didn't believe her. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and that's understandable. I mean, especially with, since his wife did kill herself. Like, I, I mean, if your daughter starts showing the same quote unquote symptoms that like, yeah, that's, that's heavy. I can, I definitely understand <laughs> mm-hmm. why he would be, uh, a bit concerned. Yeah. I would be concerned too. I'm a tad concerned, yes. but instead of saying that, he just whips his daughter. He just whips you know? her ass. <laughs> uh, so the grabber brings Finny some food and brings him some uh, a, bo- a glass bottle and some some eggs or something, and he basically uh, leaves the food. I think this is when he's like mom persona, where he's like nicer. And I, if I'm not mistaken, this is where the half the mask is in two parts. It's in the top half and then the bottom half. So at this point, I'm pretty sure he had the mask off. So when he's like this mother, they never get into this, his his personalities. Like, but mm-hmm. he obviously has them, and each time the mask changes, he is a different person. Like when he brings or it the seems food, that way, yeah. well, because he like had all the different jewelry on, and he presented himself almost more motherly, bringing the food to Finny. But then when he goes back upstairs, he leaves the door unlocked. It's a and, trap. Yeah, it's a trap. And but Vinny is like, mm, well, this isn't a trap, so I'm gonna start going up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Phone rings. It's a the local paperboy named Billy, and he basically. Oh yeah, this is where this is our first jump scare of the movie because mm-hmm. he's talking to Billy on the phone, <laughs> and then his ghost appears yeah. uh, next to him with his face like slashed. Which that was like everybody in our theater was like, so, oogity boogity. Yeah. <laughs> Did not like that. Yeah. And that was, there's a few moments like this, but that was about. Tensions are high at this point in the movie. They are, but like this is one of the few moments of actual quote unquote horror in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely more of a thriller. But, like, with this little jump scare, this is where it kind of has it, it, it vibes, you know? Like, it, it being Georgie with... I think there's even... We see the paper boy. 
Oh no, never mind. That's Gwen later. Never mind. Um, anyway, so Bill Billy gives Finney some more advice. Tells him that if he goes up those stairs, the grabber is going to beat him. And you, we pan up the stairs, and the grabber has a new mask. Well, same mask, but different bottom with a frown. And mm-hmm. he's sitting there with his shirt unbuttoned, with his like gut hanging out, with the belt, and it's real creepy. So he's just sitting at the top of the stairs, waiting. waiting. Yeah, oof. this is like a game mm-hmm. for him. Literally, yeah. this is the point in the theater. I was sitting like two seats down from your brothers, yeah. and I could hear them <laughs> both going. Oh my god! Yeah. Like they were like so unsettled. Uh, <laughs> they were like, no. Well, as soon as you see the belt and the shirt unbuckled, and then you just start. And then what we learned this game is called later, which I think I'm just gonna. Oh no, we'll get to that. I see it later on. But yeah, but what this game is called is like. <laughs> me and my brother both were like concerned. Y'all for were Finney. like, no, 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 no. Yeah, th- this just became something else. Uh, Billy also mentioned that he left a cable. Uh, underneath the wall that uh, if if Finn, Finney's able to, he can uh, like roll a mat, because there's like a carpet under there as well, and he can use it to try to pull down the... Um, the window has one of the bar, those bars, so if he can try to, he can try to pull himself up, pull the bars down, and then get out of the window. So he's in a basement, so the window is really high. Really high, yeah. It's like um, probably like 10 not feet. where he can easily reach it or anything like yeah. that. Uh-huh. And there's bars over it mm-hmm. so he can't like get out the window yeah yeah and then uh so yeah so he he does this he's able to uh climb his way up but he struggles this is really tense and he's not able to get up but he is able to get the actual little gate off the window yeah it's really tense now that we know that frowny face is yeah, just know, waiting right? for I'm him to do something belt. like this <laughs> yeah so yeah so he's able to like pull down the, the bars on the window but in, in Finney's mind, he's failed because he couldn't, you know, he couldn't get it. Uh, Gwen has another dream about Billy's life. And again, so she's still having these little visions every night. Uh, the detectives go around the neighborhood and they end up knocking on a door of a man named Max, played by James Ransone, who is uh, was uh, adult Eddie in, in Chapter 2. And he was also in Sinister as the police, one of the police officers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was great in this, this. He was like this coked out. <laughs> like, was what was, was he even a PI or was he just like a, a, I think he was like, a citizen? I think he was supposed to be like uh, in our brains what our modern day like Reddit detective. Yeah, are. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, because he's like freaking has coke on the ta- cocaine on the table and like, uh, super invested in figuring out who invested. this killer is. Yeah, and he mentions it, like he is, you know. The Mystery Inc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he like he lists, uh, mentions that he's wait like he's uh, staying with his brother, but his brother's not home, something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, so this is just a character. I don't even remember why they came over to his house. Just ask questions if he saw anything. Um, did Gwen, Gwen had the dream, and at this point, they're starting to believe Gwen because she pointed out something about I think the black balloons, and they were like, we had not released that information to anybody. Okay. And um, at this point, she's she's dreamed of a house. Not at this part. That this doesn't happen until the we get the older kid. That's where they she leads them to him. Is that true? Okay, you, you, I think you're right. And then we're thinking, oh, is he going to get caught? Right. And it's this guy opens the door. Okay. And so she, we've got no, the not house. yet, because that that we don't not yet, not yet. I think one of the detectives is a friend of this guy, because that happens later. Because we don't definitely don't get the. Real, realization that he's living in that house because we don't know who he is yet. 
Yeah. I mean, I would be here in the synopsis if that. I'm pretty. I'm almost positive this does, that would be when too soon. When does Gwen come into this? She's not. Well, she does. That, let's keep going through, and then we'll. Yeah, it looks like Gwen later on. Gwen contacts the detectives. So okay. we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm skipping ahead. We're skipping. You're skipping a little bit ahead. I can tell it's been two months for you. Wow. <laughs> uh, Guys, he sounded just as much like a jackass in person as he did on the podcast. But I did it on purpose. I did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. It was all for the humor. It was all for the goofs. It was all for the gaffs. Yep. It was okay. all for the laughs. Is that okay? Are we okay? We're... We'll see. <laughs> no. uh, the grabber asked Finny his name, but he, when he lies about it, he throws Finny a newspaper showing the news of his disappearance. When he leaves, the phone rings again, and Finny speaks to a boy named Griffin. And this is like where his ghost... The kid's ghost, like, appears over in the corner, like, floating. Remember that? Like, it's almost like he's chained up by his stomach or something. And he's just, like, uh, all bloody and gross. I think we're coming to the conclusion that I don't remember a lot of this movie. (laughs) Uh, We should have watched it, probably. Probably, yeah. (laughs) We will, though. We will watch it. And we're about to walk through it, so. So this is a good refresher. I think this is a great refresher. This is we, this is the second best thing to watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a part of a game. Uh, oh, okay, wait. So basically, this is where he tells Finny about this game that he's playing called the Naughty Boy Game, and this is where me and my brother were like, "The what now?" Like Griffin tells you know Finny that the grabber has a game. It's called the Naughty Boy Game, and it starts when when you try to go up the unlocked door. And you encounter him, like, sitting there with a belt. And that's the beginning. That's how the game starts. Belt equals no bueno. Yes. So by, because Finny is not going up the stairs, he's not competing not competing in the grabber's game, which is a good thing. Uh, Finny, let's see, Finny, um, Finny uh, Griffin, sorry, Gr- Griffin tells Finny that there is a lock on the upstairs door. On the like the door to the actual house, because obviously the grabber is leaving the door unlocked, and it's he tells him that the lock was for his bike, and the grabber took it from his bike and uses it to keep the door locked, but he can't remember the code. But then Griffin says that he he wrote the code for the lock in the wall, and he's like, if you if you're quiet and you're hurry and you hurry, which why would he do that? I think I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. So I think he just really wanted to make sure he didn't forget, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Continue. <laughs> like, is, is it Ghost Griffin who left the code on the wall? It couldn't have been. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just don't understand why he would need to write it, well, write it on the wall. The only thing I could think of, and this could make sense, is if he was also getting the phone calls. No, Bruce wasn't. I don't know. If he was getting phone calls as well, which I don't think he was, because I think that's the whole point. Finney's the only kid who's been able to Well, hear. I think it's just, it's common knowledge now that... Yeah, it, you're right. You know, Gwen has these premonitions, and they've right, been thinking right. that he doesn't have anything, you know, but he's obviously kind of psychic, too. Yeah, he clearly has, he's special, for sure. Uh, so Finney is, goes up the stairs, and this is where we get one of our most tense scenes in this movie. He goes up the stairs and sees... Uh, the grabber sitting there in the chair with his shirt unbuttoned with his belt, but he's asleep sitting in the chair. Blech. Yeah, so Finny is able to kind of sneak around and get to the the door with the lock, and he is able to get out. He's able to break out of the house, but the freaking grabber wakes up and chases him down the street, 
and tackles him in, in like a few houses down and one of the neighbors like turns on the lights and the screams and the grabber basically tells him you know if you if you scream i'm gonna gut you you know and it's like ooh, yeah this yeah. is a high like my heart was very so tense. high yeah very 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 tense very 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 because for a minute i thought spooky. he was getting away i know right me too me too I, and like and i mean obviously it was the halfway point so we knew in our in our horror brains that it wasn't but it was definitely tense. Now, just to make sure everybody knows, he did not say horror brains. <laughs> horror. Horror. Brains. Yeah, I like to say. I, 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 Danny DeVito. I was going to say, to bring it back to Always Sunny, I have a, uh, I, I horror. <laughs> You're <laughs> horror mom. Anyway, uh, so the phone rings again that night, and he, Fanny hears a, a voice of an older boy this time, Vance Hopper. And we start, this is one of the weirder ones, because we, with the, some of the other kids... We would, after he talked to them on the phone, we would get, like, um, what's her name? Freaking Gwen's dreams of them. Like, the 8-bit style cameras. and the. But this time, like, while he's on the phone, we're getting flashbacks mm-hmm. of this kid, Vance, who's playing uh, in an arcade at, like, a gas station, I think. And this kid gave me very much Billy vibes from Stranger Things. You know, the, the mullet, the... You know, hard rock, mm-hmm. you know, 80s. She, you know, the, uh, the kids who were watching, he was just clearly a bully. This is definitely a weird one. He's not the kid that you think would get kidnapped. No, no, no. Yeah, and, and like, because he's older. Like, he was older than the others. And he, uh, he was, arre- he gets arrested because he gets in a fight with one of the other, with some kids. And, and then, all of a sudden, Gwen is there in his dream. And is, like, in the back of the cop's, uh, cop car with her, with him. And they end up taking him home to his house, and she sees the house. This is where she sees the house. Um, and I, th- I think not, we don't get the address yet, but she sees, uh, oh, never mind, yeah, she does, she does. This is where we see the number, the address of the house. Anyway, um, so she rides to her bike through that area to find the house, and is, sp- oh, okay, God, sorry. They do, she sees the house, but she doesn't see the address yet. So now she's riding her bike in the rain, very Georgie from It, with her yellow jacket on, and she ends up running straight into the ghosts of all the victims, which is Does cool. she see them? Yeah. Remember, there's like five of them like lined up on the road. <laughs> this is in the trailer, too. Yeah. And uh, they spook her off her bike. She falls off, and then she sees the house. She has the, the house now. But we also, this, this Jeremy here, with a synopsis here, did, forgot one of my favorite details. When Finney's on the phone with this kid... His ghost appears, and he says something like, this isn't about you, or something, and, like, just gets flown back. Like, yeah, that I thought that was very cool. Uh, do you remember that? Like, it gets, like, uh, you know, that was, like, one of the coolest parts, because we were saying that would make a cool Horror night scene. Dude, there's so much. I have to rewatch the movie. It, there's so much of what you're saying right now that I just don't remember at all. Man, we have really, but yeah, but she, he gets, like, she, he gets flown back. It's really cool. But uh, Finney also, then, outside of Gwen, he, um... Back in back in the uh, the the basement, uh, Vance gave him some advice. Basically, it was like there's a freezer behind the wall, and he can start chipping away at the wall and unlock the back of the freezer thing so that he can get out to the other side of the wall. So he does that, but the freezer's locked. So he, he gets into the little freezer, and there's like meat in there, and and he uh, but he's unable to get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is everything, all the advice he's been given in his mind and in our audience mind is like nothing is working. So this is all just, yeah. Uh, but then he gets a phone call from his boy, Robin. Robin calls. This was so bittersweet. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Yeah, this is very, this is like, and we already know, according to uh, the one of the other kids, after the Naughty Boy game begins, that's Ugh. the end. After, <laughs> that makes yeah. me cringe. Uh, yeah, it, it is so cringy. Like, they're like, if the, the reason why you've survived this long is because you haven't started the Naughty Boy game, but by him getting caught by the grabber, the Naughty Boy game has begun, mm-hmm. so that always ends in death. So he doesn't have a lot of time, so Robin calls, tells him... It, that time to stand up for yourself, Finny, is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and tells him to get the phone, start packing it with dirt, and it's just basically teaching him how to swing, beat, swing, beat the grabber, punch the grabber in the face, in the mask. Uh, Gwen contacts the detectives and gives them the address that she saw in her dreams and the one that she she clearly visited it. Um, while this happens max comes to the conclusion yeah so max who is the 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 cokehead starts to put things together he starts like on his crazy wall you know all his pins and red threads he realizes that oh my god his brother who we learn his brother is the grabber and he might might be in this house. Yeah. So while he goes downstairs, down the stairs to the basement. Now let me ask you real quick. Yes. Hit me. You have brothers. I do have brothers. What if you found out that your brother, while you were living in the same house with him, <laughs> was just stealing little boys? Yeah. And you had been working on this case. Would you feel like a dodo bird for not I would. having known? Absolutely. Earlier? Yeah. yeah this, kid, this dude's an idiot. <laughs> also... What would your immediate response be? My immediate response, if I when I found out, mm-hmm. oh man, I have, well, first when of all, you just discovered it. Like, so yeah, so Max goes into the basement and finds Finny is there, and so you're if, if my that moment, what would I do? What would I say? Man, I mean, I would, I don't know, man. What would you do? I don't know. That's that, I think I'd if be I shocked. went down and saw the mm-hmm. evidence. Yeah. Of what was going on, my immediate reaction would be, I've got to call the cops. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and, and. It also depends. These brothers don't seem all that close. No. Uh-uh. So I don't know. I don't know how they know each other all that well. Like, mm-hmm. like deeply. You right. know what I mean? I don't know. That's so weird. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously. Yeah, I, I think would... immediately I'd be like, well, I'm going to call the police. Well, for sure. And in and, and, and Max's defense, he is going to do that but so max comes down the stairs finney we're the audience is tense because we're like well finney's getting ready to bust whoever comes down the stairs with the with the phone <laughs> so we're expecting that he comes down the stairs finds finney and then he's met with an axe to the head remember mm-hmm. that so i would want to call the cops too but he wasn't given the chance so i guess what i'm what i'm getting at more is um would i like cover it up would no no, yeah, it's kids. Would, yeah, would like would you have called the cops immediately? Would you have gone downstairs to, to try to discover that this was really happening? Like, I feel like if he had called immediately upon suspicion, instead of going downstairs, yeah, then he could have saved his own life. Well, and that that's why the whole situation's super tense because that was what I thought as well. But how was he supposed to know that his brother was? Well, and the house? problem is he was going to get axe in the head regardless because if obviously the grabber was super close to being home so he would have walked in on max on the phone you know so either way it was kind of like what do you do max is dead max is dead (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah so max gets axe in the head which is real gruesome real 
real uh, cool to see. <laughs> also, want to just say sorry, bros. Yeah, right. <laughs> sorry, sorry all, to all of our brothers out there. I also have a brother. <laughs> yeah, sorry, all three of our brothers out there. Uh, so Grabber comes after Finny, uh, but the boy has utilized the help of the ghost. So this is where we get to see some everything that we've learned where we thought was a failure. Convenient. Conveniently works out. So I, I um. So Finny, basically, the grabber starts chasing him. He jumps over the rug that he that had been that he used to try to get to the the window, and the grabber falls into the rug and falls into the hole that he had been digging and breaks his like freaking ankle on the 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 iron cage thingy that had been on the window, and Finny. So he's like in the hole, freaking his foot. Ugh, it's intense. I'm trying to... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what... Never mind. So, yeah, so he falls in. He breaks his ankle. So he's kind of out, but he's still put a, putting up a fight. Finny busts him in the face with the phone and uses the the phone cord to choke him. Mm-hmm. And Night, night, bitch. Yeah, right. And Finny is, like, you know, the, talked on the phone, and he gives the phone to the grabber, who's putting up a fight, but Finny's better. And all the kids start, you know, laying on, you know... Uh, the grabber telling him, you know, all this stuff. Like, you know, and then Bruce says, and one more thing, you know, Finny's arm is mint. And then Finny breaks his neck with his arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which that was satisfying. It yeah. was so satisfying. It was. In it the was. theater, everybody was like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> and we could say all day, I mean, is this possible? Could this little kid actually break his neck? And maybe not. But, but it, his arm is mint, guys. It's mint. This, this, mint. Man, this man's arm is, is mint. Uh, so then Finny is dead. He's dead. Is which I not Finny. Finny, my bad. <laughs> the grabber. The grabber's dead. I didn't think it he was been very dead. different. Ending. It would have been. I didn't think he was dead. I thought for sure we were. Gonna, he was gonna still be alive because mm-hmm. earlier Gwen has a dream of Finny like slamming on the uh, the front door, like he's trying to get out of it, and then the grabber comes up behind him. But so. Then, but the dog, the grabber's dog, comes down the stairs. Which I think is like a big conic corso. It was big, yeah. And because of the freezer that had the the Vance had told him about, uh, Finny has all those stakes and just throws the dog a stake and then is able to run up the stairs. He's like, we're friends now. Yeah. So everything that he Eat was steak, taught, not me. <laughs> yeah, right. So everything that he was taught, what he came back, which is super satisfying. Uh, so the detectives go to the house that. They've been looking for, but he's not there. He's not in the house that Gwen's been having dreams about. And so while they're trying to, you know, uh, look for, try to figure out what's going on, Finny ends up coming out of the house from across the street, which is, was it identical? Are they the same? I, I don't, this part we can talk about, but, and he's alive. I was waiting for the grabber to run out at him and, you know, try to get one last scare, but he didn't. And, and Gwen uh, sees him. Gwen sees him. And, and she yeah. runs across the street and, like, collapses in his arms. Yeah, yeah. So my thought process to this, even in the moment, was the grabber has two houses. And they end up going in the basement of the others and finding all the other kids' bodies buried there. Mm-hmm. So, like, this was... I didn't understand this very much. Like, So the why? basement of this house is unfinished. It's just all dirt. Right, yeah. And he's been burying the bodies at mm-hmm. this house. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, if you have two houses, why, why are you wasting time with Finney over in this house? With your brother there, I didn't. I didn't understand that. That that was the one plot hole, or if you can call it that. I think um, this is just where he, he hides and dumps all the bodies. But why two I, houses why, across the street from think, each other? Who would think if they find all these 
you know, bodies here. It That's was true. The, it's the guy right across the street. That's true. I'm just like, so he just, did he, obviously he had, he bought both of these houses. Why did the brother that live with said, him? If he owned that house, then everybody's going to think it's <laughs> because, right, like, <laughs> right. Yeah, this, this part, I, I, even in the moment, even now, I'm like, I don't get it. It's fine though. I love the movie. It's a satisfying I'm movie. a lot of brain fog today and I feel like in the moment, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense to me. But right now it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I can't figure out. Why? Yeah, it could make complete sense. If you know, if you, you know, if it makes sense to you, please let us know. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. right now I just can't come up with it. I don't have the brain power right but now. But Finney's alive and all the other kids are found. And the the, uh, the father comes p- uh, and picks Gwen and Finney up, basically apologizes for being an asshat, says he's going to do better and all this stuff. And yeah, and then the, the police go on the TV and, you know, start telling everyone they found the other bodies. We fade up, and uh, then the last scene is of Donna, which was Finney's crush. Uh, and Finney's like walking through the school, the hallways. He's big and bad. He stood up for himself. He I survived. Mean, he literally stood up to the ultimate bully and killed his ass. Yeah. And then Donna, that he goes in science to the science class, uh, sits down with his partner Donna, and she's like, "Finney, you know, blah blah blah. Are, are you okay?" He's like, "Call me Finn." No, no, no. So he's grown up. He is a fully fledged out uh, killer. Yeah, right. Literally, he's he's murdered a full. I would, man. you know, well, I won't say that, but I mean, if I was him, I'd I'd walk around with a lot of confidence. Absolutely, as me well. too. He can literally say, "I've killed a man." I've killed a man. He deserves to be. He called could Finn. tattoo a little teardrop on his. Well, and with the grabber, when the grabber learned his real name, Finny, calling him Finny, I'm like, I would never want to be called Finny again either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so Finn, that oh, fits. That's fitting. I uh, with the house, maybe it was just an abandoned house. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, um, it's fine. It works for the. Again, I love this movie. I think it's a great movie. I love it. Love it. Well, now I want to watch it. With my family. Yeah, we'll watch it. Well, I definitely will watch it before the event. But, um, you know, we just wanted to get this podcast recorded. Because it's more of a thriller and I think they would like it. They're not big horror fans. Yeah, but, they would like it. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think they might enjoy mm-hmm. this one. Yeah. Um, we, my family, we saw it with my family and we they loved it. And, uh, yeah. Did we touch on why his brother opened the door? How did we get there? What do you mean? Uh, how did he get to the door? No. I'm sorry. When we had started going back and forth mm-hmm. about the scene where the police end up at the door and the brother opens the door. Yes. I think I have... Yeah, you're right. We didn't get to that. I think, if I remember in the movie, I'm pretty sure one of the detectives knows this guy. And I think he called them over because he had a quote-unquote lead, potentially. Because he... Mm. That, yeah, I think that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong. I thought I've, there was like a throw-off. Like, I thought they went to somebody's house, and we're thinking, oh. Well, that the dead bodies, all the kids, that was a throw-off. Because they went to that house, and he wasn't there. They did, like, yeah. a Silence of the Lambs twist on us. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, eh, we'll, we'll watch it. We'll see. It doesn't it matter. Um, but the one thing I will say, one thing that old Jeremy didn't mention is the... Uh, oh, yeah, was a lot of the... Again, Gwen, in my opinion, was the standout of this movie. She was hilarious. She had so many moments where she was praying for dreams and asking for these visions and things like that. And just uh, all the... And just, like, just her cursing. And so a lot, she has her own little, uh, little arc that goes on while mm-hmm. Finney's sort of fighting for his life. So she's really, you know, putting a lot on his survival on herself, you know. 
Um, so she she did so good. Both of them did great. Every everybody in this movie did good, especially like at the end. It's just it is so satisfying. It's it's feel good. It's uh, a lot of heart. Um, there's a lot. I, I saw another reviewer, another podcast said something like that the dad just apologizing at the end to do better. I'm like, he needs to go to rehab. <laughs> yeah, know? I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, Chip. like that kind of thing. A lot of people were saying that could have just been left out, that subplot. And I kind of agree. I mean, we kind of got the point that he needs to stand up for himself from the bullies. We didn't really need his dad to be I think, I the way think, he was. But it, I, it works fine. I think that it would have been more badass if his dad, if we'd just seen his dad started to change his tune. Right. One, because he now knows what it feels like mm-hmm. to lose a child. And two, because Finney has gone... He is no longer the guy who's going to sit around and just watch. No, right. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, he is a Robin now. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. He's murdered. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I agree. Dad should be afraid. <laughs> yeah, he probably is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My I, kid's a G. I, I think... I think now that we've... It's been, like two months since we've watched it and going through the plot again it's easy to sit here and talk about some more of the plot holes but i think again i still can't express this enough i love i think this is my second or third favorite movie of the year i can't mm-hmm. remember if i i don't know if i like it more or less than prey um but it's definitely i i think it's great i think it's a lot of not fun fun's the wrong way but again it's satisfying i think it's like there's a lot of heart I don't know, man. It's a it's good just, thriller. It's just good. It's a good thriller. I love Scott Derrickson. I like. I typically it's like. It's Blumhouse, always fun. Blumhouse. Watching kids win. It is always fun. Yeah, and I mean, it never gets old. The Stranger Things and it. Yeah. I especially think uh, my favorite part about Finney wasn't so much that his arm was mint. It was just <laughs> he was the calmest kid. He was very calm. Like yeah. I would have been freaking out in that yeah. situation, and he was very calm. Yeah, he was, and and he was definitely maybe, scared. Maybe unrealistically but... calm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, especially since he didn't like confrontation, it was known that he was like, Ooh, yeah. you know, but um I think it was being set I think up. It works fine. I think yeah, he doesn't like confrontation, but it's been set up the entire movie that he has faced a lot of bullies. <laughs> yeah, so right. it's not he's not new to this. And that that's you know, true. Like, yeah. He is new to the idea of dying. Well, and also there's a lot of parallels between the grabber and his dad. So, you know, with the belt and with all these things, like, he's no stranger to this abuse, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think that, uh, I think, like you said, it's like, this isn't new. So he was able to keep a level head. Especially, I mean, one thing he had that none of the other kids had was the ability to hear the phone ring and to hear these other kids talking. So, I mean, like... Eh, you know, it, it could it could all be said if the mom had these abilities, or these you know psychic abilities, whatever you want to call them, uh, that he you know was just more receptive and more uh, you know just in tune. So it just keeps him calmer. Maybe I think the mask is very parallel as well to like the mm. mood swings of an alcoholic. Oh yeah, tiptoeing yeah. around an alcoholic parent. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because you just never know which I think one you're so. going to get. Mm-hmm. Who, who am I going to get today? You never or know, Or at what right? time am I going to get this version of you? Well, every time we see the dad, he's in a different mood. Every You know, their dad, like, every single time he's on mm-hmm. screen, he's acting different. So, yeah, maybe for sure. That's probably, ultimately, I would say that's the um, um, the real, quote-unquote, message of the movie. Or the, 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 you know, the tone. I don't know. I think the that. I think the message is to be better and keep your arm mint. Miss. Always be working those arms so you because you never know if you're gonna have to break <laughs> somebody's neck. Don't skip arm day, guys. Don't skip arm day. <laughs> keep keep pitching those balls. 
Oh. <laughs> uh, always pitch the balls. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's the black phone. Oh, wait. So what's our review? I, I, I'm pretty confident. Okay. So, again, when I when we first saw this, I I mean, I, I, I thought it was awesome. It was immediately was like, oh, that's my favorite of the year so far. Uh, so at the time, I was full on, you know, um, five, five star. But we saw Nope, and I was like, I started to, I'm like, Nope's a five star. I, in my mind, I would say, I think this is a four. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to give it a four. Mm-hmm. Four mint arms. Four mint arms, which I will say, we gave, um, I think we gave Beast a four out of five as well. I do like this more than Beast. Yeah. Um, but it's still, now I say that, but I don't know. I think I, uh, well, I'm just a big beast mm-hmm. fan. Yeah. So. Not to bring, not to bring beast slander. Cause I, I love that movie and I don't, I don't want us to get in a full, full blown, uh, uh, arg, arg, not argument, but, uh, you don't want to see the fire in my eyes. No fire. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I, I think a four, I like four out of five. <clears throat> I, I think on letterboxd, I gave it a 4.5, but I think a four out of five is good. I think that that's a. I, I like that. I, really I like agree that. with uh, our four. I'll stand on a four. I agree. Four out of five. What did you say? Mint arms. Mint arms. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to do that on Instagram. Me neither, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a good segue. Go follow us on Instagram at Country Fried Horror, as well as TikTok and YouTube. We're still not filming the podcast, but we are hoping to put some kind of videos on there soon. Uh, maybe some Halloween Horror Nights videos coming up. Because again... Today is the begins the week before Halloween Horror Nights. In five days, four days from you listening to this, yes. if you're listening to it on Monday, this is uh, we're getting down to the wire. We're there. I yeah. can't believe it. I'm so excited. Me too. Less and than a I'm week. so excited to let you know how this particular house is. Me too. And you will know our thoughts about that house in less than a week. Well, more than a week. Yeah, a week, about two weeks. Uh, yeah, about two weeks. Yeah, yeah, a week and a half because that'll this. The goal is for it to come out on that Wednesday, but we'll see. We shall see. Yeah, that's it for the podcast today, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, and yeah. Oh, give us five stars. Yeah, give us five stars. Bye. Doodles.